Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast. Today, we are having on one of our favorite soul sisters, Casey Berglund of Worthy and Well. We've had her on the podcast a couple times before, and we just love communicating with her and going deep in these conversations. Casey is a former dietitian and a yoga teacher turned purpose-driven business coach and embodiment guide. She is a mental projector, and she has so much wisdom around embodiment and really feeling in that wisdom and discernment from those undefined centers. She's created the program, Let Your Body Lead Method and a master facilitator training, teaching people how to pay attention to their bodies and let their bodies lead. She's also done a TEDx. So Casey is just one of our favorite guests to have on the show. And today we decided to dive into the topic of sexuality, sensual energy, and how those things may look in the new paradigm when we're really allowing our own individualized embodiment of those energies. Yes. So this conversation, we just kind of let it rip. We took it and ran with it. Um, This is just a real, authentic, raw conversation, but also talking about the new paradigm and what sexuality looks like and sexual energy looks like in your day-to-day life. Where places are that you can look at in your own deconditioning journey to really honor your sexual energy that you're feeling and identify it and heal. So this conversation might be triggering for some people because we do talk about sexual trauma. And it also, we use explicit language in this that might be triggering to give examples of different types of ways that we've been conditioned in a really old paradigm negative way. So um, if you are feeling like you need support as you listen to this, there's so many resources available, whether that's therapy or hypnotherapy. We're going to link some things in the show notes as well for you. Also, you know, psychedelics or breath work. Um, there's a lot of different resources and healers out there. So wherever you're at in your deconditioning journey, this conversation is fun. It's real. It's present. And it's deep. So wherever you're at in your deconditioning journey, we're excited to just meet you there. And um, any way that we can be of support to help you heal, let us know because we are all on this human design journey together, this human journey together, like Casey says in this podcast, walking each other home. And I'm just really grateful for each and every one of you listening. And thank you for just showing up to this conversation with us in a present, vulnerable, real, and also just like truthful, honest way. Okay, Casey, it's so amazing to have you join us. And I think just to start off, I want to ask a fun question, which we never do. But what is turning you on right now? Mm. (laughs) That just came out. I didn't know what I was going to ask, but that's the question with this episode. Mm. 
Thank you for asking that question. It's a perfect way to kick off. What's coming to me is dancing with girlfriends. Like I'm in my 20s. Like, for example, last week, I'm in Calgary, Canada, and we got some serious snow and cold and this weather change creates this like cooped up energy for me. And I just like needed to get out of the house. And I sort of like SOS'd a couple of girlfriends and they were like, come out, join us. And we ended up at this dive bar with a stripper pole and we're just <laughs> like shaking our butts and grooving and moving and like... This is like, it it turns me on because we're going to talk about sexuality and sensuality. And there's something that's happening in my world and in my body where my body wants to move in sensual and sexual ways with anyone, including people who I am not in a sexual relationship or connection with. So like, and it's happening with my girlfriends too. It's like we're embracing a part of our energy that wants to express for its own sake. And we're amplifying that energy in each other through dancing and like sexy dancing. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, ah, there she is. I felt alive. I felt creative. I felt ready to do my work. I felt like it was absolute medicine. And I think turn on is absolute medicine. I want to ask you two the same question though. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, yes, I totally agree that. And it's, it's so interesting, like getting out of your mind, getting into your body, how that just like is the theme of human design, but also... It's this medicine, right? We live so much in our minds and just even hearing that story and, and that reference, it's, it is that like creative, sensual, like in your body energy and it feeds into every other thing that you're doing. So I just want to encourage anyone listening and I'm encouraging myself too that when that like lack of motivation or that slump of the cold winter or just feeling kind of what am I doing energy to just like put on some music and dance and move your body and feel your body and just kind of get out of your head into your body. So that message I feel is divinely timed, um, at least for me. And well, I don't know, Dana, you you want to go first? What is turning you on? Well, it's in, I love what you said, Casey, and I think it's so true. I, I've always been someone that I feel like do, is not afraid to be sexy and is not afraid to dance. And like a, a big part of that was because of the environment I grew up in and the conditioning that I grew up in. It was really like, you know, kind of open rain. Like there was no holds bar in that area. So I feel like I've always been that person. And people are like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "This is just me. Like take it or leave it." But recently. Um, what's been turning me on the most is just getting like really playful and physical with Jared. We've been like really going deep in like our meditation journey and working out together. And since it's winter and we're spending more time at home together, we've been like dancing and I make him like do these like booty twerks, which he cannot do. And I think it's so fun. (laughs) And like just getting physical and playful and like, and that energy coming out, like we're really into snowboarding. And now that it's winter, we have a few snowboarding trips planned and that kind of like playful energy where I'm just, everything inside of me feels alive. Like that's when I feel my most sexy and turned on. And I think in general, having a job where I work at home, 
at my computer. It's so expansive and beautiful for me, but my energy gets kind of like stuck or stifled and I'm an energy projector. So when I don't really use that energy and allow it to flow out of me in this playful way, I feel kind of just like depressive in my sexual state. And so for me, it's been that fun, that play, that adventure, like just shaking and moving the body. And, and that really brings my sexual energy and like that turn on energy for me. Mm. You guys, I'm already turned on. Right <laughs> like I I, I'm, I'm literally becoming turned on by mm. the question about turn on. <laughs> and like, Dana, when you were talking about like growing up in an environment that has been like open and welcoming of your sensuality, mm-hmm. you just like started to move in your body and sway yeah. your shoulders <laughs> and witnessing that. I'm like, God, Dana, you're sexy. Like, yes, wow, of thank course. You so much. You're so welcome. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. I love that we started this conversation, like pop the cherry, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> Oh, just sexual damn. innuendos yeah, woven through the whole time. Okay, yeah, Shana. I mean, I can't help but just like, I feel like that turned on energy, It it's like it doesn't have to be sexual, but it it's like the same frequency, right? Of like when you're just so turned on by like this meal that's like so delicious and you just want to devour and like swim in it. Like... How often have you had a meal like that? That's just so either just beautiful and like prepared with like loving care by the chef. Like that's what I always get into. And this is a side rant, but like when you go to a really nice restaurant and the chef is like so obsessed with what they do and they have like all of the like farm to table or whatever, like literally intention in every single freaking piece that's on your plate and it's set down and then you take that first bite and it's so fucking good that you're just like, oh my God, this is life. That shit turns me on. But also, (laughs) I feel like that's the same frequency of turn on, right? Yes. It's like, it doesn't have to be in the bedroom or or with your partner or, or anything. It's like that energy of like, I want everything in my life to feel like, holy fuck, I can't wait to like devour that, be in it, like just swim in that kind of energy. And so this conversation, like that topic specifically is turning me on, (laughs) but my turn on right now, I'm in such a raw place. We've been doing this breath work every single week in in our certification. And it's just like so consistent that I'm feeling like really raw. And part of the healing that I'm doing with this breath work is with my sexual blocks and is with my capacity to like uh, feel safe in that space and like uh, hold hold in that space. And so right now, honestly, what is turning me on is like that like inward, personal, individualized reverence and presence and uh, just seeing of myself without ha- like seeing of myself in a place where there's no words or like even understanding, but just like being and feeling that raw space, like that is actually what's turning me on right now. And at the same time, I'm reading all of this stuff uh, from raw about sexuality and human design, and it's so technical and it's so just deep. And it's, it's this, I'm in this realm right now of sexual energy, turn on like what does that mean going into the new paradigm going to Egypt in 
a few weeks. And I just know that for whatever reason, there's going to be some like sexual, fertile, like creative life birth energy. And that doesn't mean necessarily like getting pregnant, but it does mean like, like that same frequency, like I'm saying with turn on is in like so many other things like that fertile creative, this whole realm I just feel is so connected to every single thing that we do is connected to abundance. It's connected to love. It's connected to uh, friendship and, you know, creation and business and purpose and everything like that sexual energy mm-hmm. really is like that life birthing energy. And that shit, this topic turns me on. <laughs> Sheena, that's such a beautiful share. I had a memory when you were talking about food of the first time that we met in person in California and we went out to eat and I was so expanded by your relationship with food, specifically your relationship with ordering food and getting whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) And it doesn't matter how many dishes come out. It doesn't matter if we're going to eat it all or not. I just witnessed you in this like desirous abundance around food. And that turned me on too, because like (laughs) as a, as a fellow foodie, it expanded me to be like, oh my God, what if I didn't put limits on what I actually want when I'm ordering in a restaurant, you know? And to Mm. hear you talk about like the intention put into food and when something just tastes so good and you can feel the chef's like love in it. um, I just, (laughs) I literally come back to that moment over and over again when I'm in a restaurant. So thank you for that. Thank you. That's so crazy. It is funny because like I never thought about it really like in a deep, deep, deep way, but it is kind of that energy of like, I don't have to know how this was created or what was in it. I don't have to do the work to make this so delicious and yummy and amazing. Somebody else is good at that. Like that's somebody else's zone of genius. And I just get to receive and like really devour and be in that. And like that same analogy, I feel like with our life purpose, with our, you know, our partners or with whatever, it's like, I have to do everything. I have to be on it. I have to force, I have to make things happen. It's like, you just need to be in your zone of genius and let yourself receive and be in connection of other people's zone of genius. And that's so interesting. But I've just never, I I feel like I've always been into like, yeah, I order... I order whatever I want. Sometimes that's 10 appetizers and I have a bite of each. But life is meant to be devoured, bitches. Like I'm into it. (laughs) Oh, I know that this is your interview and your podcast, but can I ask another question? Sure. (laughs) And then I'll stop and I'll lean back. No, this is a powwow. (laughs) Or gosh, I, I just said that word. I'm trying to change my languaging, which is part of this new paradigm. This is our circle, collective circle together to connect and share. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it kind of, I guess the question kind of speaks to the next part of what you shared around the turn on, like the tenderness and the rawness that you're experiencing through the breath work. And you said something that really stood out to me that was about seeing yourself in a way that has no words. And I think it stood out to me because of the like projector recognition piece, like, I personally am coming into a space right now where I'm really embodying and witnessing the gifts of self-recognition on a deep level where there are no words to describe it 
to your friends or to anyone. And you don't need to because it's so deep in self. And so I'm just curious if you could say a little bit more about that, because I think there's some medicine in what you said about seeing yourself in a way that's unable to be communicated with words. Yeah. Hmm. I feel in this space, every time we talk, I like close my eyes and just feel you because it just, I'm just so moved by so many things that you say. I have to like receive it in my body. But I think in this kind of unearthing in this place that I'm at in my deconditioning process, I think I've been in a place of, of taking action and getting things done and building and creating and inspiring and guiding and sharing and all of this like outward, outward, outward kind of energy and still like receiving and channeling and healing and noticing my limiting beliefs and you know all of the stuff that we have amazing language towards and that even human design gives amazing language towards. And I think that's part of the power with human design is that it gives languaging to something you felt and that's so empowering and liberating. But in this process, I think I've reached a point where I'm I'm in this place right now of not forcing and building and pushing and creating and inspiring, but just it's almost like this rawness of like when you cut into an apple or something. And it's just like the core of that apple, like there's nothing wrong. There's nothing like the seeds aren't bad or the core is not bad. It's just like that inner part. And like, how do you even describe that that core of that? Like, is it hard? Is it soft? Is it flexible? Is it flaky? Is it like juicy? Like, what is it? Like, it's hard to even describe it. It's just like looking at it and just seeing it and, and knowing like that's life, like that's nature. That's that's you, that's safe, that's okay. And just like being with that part of myself without having to fix anything or do anything or even share anything, but just like letting myself sit in that space. And of course, knowing like the next week I'm going to go into breath work and it's going to go even deeper. I'm going to find like a core within the core and then just sit with that and and breathe through that. So I don't know if that answers your question because it, like I said, it's like so hard to give languaging to what I'm what I'm sitting with right now. But with this topic of sexuality and and turn on and owning our sexual uh, sexual energy, I think that there's a there's a yin and a yang. Like there's a softness to it. And there's also a like powerous, 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 whatever, like that oomph uh, to it as well. The side that wants to devour and the side that just wants to uh, like receive and be nurtured. And I, I think I'm just really seeing that duality in like the feeling in my body versus like the mental analysis of it. It's very like body awareness, like what my body wants and needs and is doing right now versus what my mind thinks it should be needing and doing right now, if that makes sense. Beautiful. Gosh, I could get on a rant all day. <laughs> Just let, oh, turn on a mic and let me talk, which is like someone needs to, you know, cut me off at some point. <laughs> um. Okay, so I wanted to, you know, 
with this conversation, so many of our listeners know you already, Casey. They know a lot of your wisdom from hearing you on the podcast before. But um, something I really wanted to ask you about is this gate 46 love of the physical form in all of its depth in all of its glory. And for anyone listening that doesn't know, Casey is a mental projector, a one three, and her cross is the vessel of love, starting with this gate 46 as her conscious sun gate. And I wanted to ask you this. I mean, this is a huge question, but this realm <laughs> of loving our physical form and really letting that be our temple, letting it be the place where we feel the pleasure of life, letting it be the the portal through which we experience this like human experience. And I think so many of us have this kind of disconnect when we go on our spiritual journey. We connect more and more with the divine. We connect more and more with the unseen, with our soul. And then we feel like this separation between our you know spiritual essence and our human body or our human form. But really the body is the portal to that to that higher essence or to that soul. So I wanted to ask you what's coming up for you lately around honoring your physical body and how does that journey feel for you? And I was wondering if you could talk a bit about how that might differ from how you felt about your physical form in the past, maybe even as a child. Mm. I am coming back to some really foundational elements and practices to take care of my physical form. And as someone who was a dietitian for a decade and grew up navigating an eating disorder and feeling extreme disembodiment, disconnection, it's been an interesting journey because Early on, my connection with my body or my disconnection from my body had something to do with how I used food. Like we're all born embodied, intuitive, present. And I've shared this with you before, but I also grew up on a farm where I was connected to like growing food in a garden and connected to where physical sustenance came from. And so there was this interesting relationship with my body through food by both being easily connected with food, but then also in some ways choosing, I don't know if that's the right word, but disconnecting from my body's wisdom as it relates to food. And all of that sent me on a journey to becoming a dietitian, which I've spoke of on your podcast before. And I guess that journey was really connected with like the, the foundations of nourishment, but it was an kind of like toxic, abusive relationship, <laughs> you know, like when do we learn that food is actually here to fuel the vessels that our souls are in? Like, that's not the messaging of our culture. The messaging of our culture is use food to change your body, to alter it in some way, to manage the look of it, you know? Yeah. And so even when I was studying nutrition, yes, I got connected with like, oh my gosh, these are all the ways in which food can nourish a human body. But there was also this element still of using food to change the look of my body. And as I've journeyed, you know, in relationship with my body, I've come back to this place around being really intuitive. 
specifically with food, et cetera. And almost to the point where through letting go of my dietitian identity and getting more into purpose work and being an entrepreneur and really caring about having a, a mission in the world, I've become someone who, like my past clients, could like forget to eat, you know, and be working so much that it's like, oh my gosh, when was the last time I moved or stood up? And mirroring that or paralleling that is my like spiritual journey where I've definitely come to acknowledge my psychic ability, premonitions that I have, lucid dreaming, connection with source and spirit in in different ways. And I'm in a space right now where I can see so clearly how, how important it is for all of that to be grounded in the body. And I'm reconnecting with foundational nutrition wisdom with a healed relationship with food that is helping me to reconnect with like, oh yeah, these specific nutrients are important for my body to be able to show up with its highest energy to live out my highest purpose. And oh yeah, movement is a sacred act. And working out or going to the gym when I'm lifting weights, which I love doing, I'm not just building strength in my body. I'm building strength in my emotional resilience. I'm building strength of mind. I am setting a foundation for me to do my purpose-driven work in the world. And so where I'm at in my embodiment journey is coming back to the basics with a different consciousness. And isn't that what growth is. I think of it like an upward spiral. We come across the same lessons with a different level of consciousness and there's more to integrate from that space. So I'm in a space of having such reverence for food and nutrition, for moving my body on the regular, for sleeping as much as I need to and resting because rest is the foundation for being able to do anything valuable in the world, I feel projector speaking, you know, (laughs) and, and also layered into that and, and bringing in this maybe element of sexuality, self-touch is such an important part of my body love practice. I remember being in a, um, training with a psychologist. We were learning about embodiment and healing by way of the body. And of course, in any training, like Shani, you talked about breath work, your own stuff, your own personal stuff comes up for healing while you're being trained to facilitate these specific modalities for others. And this stuff came up for me about my singleness and about how like, I don't have a relationship and how I crave touch from another human being. And as I was expressing with my words, I found myself rubbing my right leg with my hand, just back and forth. And, and then, and I didn't realize I was doing it until I did. And I was like, oh, this is how I want a partner to touch me. Holy crap. I'm offering it to myself. And it was this like very simple, but awakening moment of that's my practice, like self-touch, discovering what my body likes, how it feels nourished through touch. And yes, basic sensual touch, like rubbing my own leg, but also sexual touch in the realms of masturbation or like, or pleasure that's not masturbation. Like touch can feel good. Sometimes I just like put my hands on my face and touch myself so lightly on my face because it feels nourishing. And Mm -hmm. so all of that is body love. Yeah. 
Mm. Yes. I'm, I could listen to you talk all day. Um, I love that you've done a Ted talk because it's just like (laughs) so, um, aligned with your chart. And since we know your chart, just hearing you speak and storytell, it's, I, it's just so moving. And, and I have so many things that are just going off, um, in my mind, but the first one that I wanted to add is just, um, you know, Ra Ruhu in, in human design talks about how in this new paradigm, sexuality is changing and it's not about sex to procreate and to keep building the family unit or keep building the community, but it's about well, really, when he talked about this in the 90s, he was like, we don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be completely individualized. And each individual is going to have a different connection with sexuality. And there's no more, this is right, this is wrong, this is moral, this is immoral. Um, this is how you should love or who you should love. But it really is the, the frequency of individual uh, connection to sexuality and that's ultimately through your strategy and authority of like me as an individual what is right for me what is wrong but also this kind of um energy of alternative sexuality as well like exploring that and naming that we really see that in our collective right now how we are exploring and naming all of these i feel like it's it's piece by piece, like we've had this whole collective, like everyone has sex like this for procreating and you man and wife and all that shit has been our, you know, thousands of years of life. And now it's starting to chunk off into like, well, maybe it's not man and wife. And then, well, maybe it's not just, oh, you're gay or you're straight, or maybe it's not, maybe it's fluid, maybe it's bi, maybe it's asexual. Like there's all these little things that are breaking off into little pieces. And it's still people identifying with a group. And then within that group saying, okay, but as my own individual, I'm actually feeling this. And as my own individual, I'm actually feeling that. And it's starting to get more and more and more and more individualized. And in this this, what you've shared, it's almost the perfect example of how in my body, just touching my face feels like my own individualized sexual tender energy of what my body is needing. And that it doesn't have to be like, oh, we are banging and getting it on, even though it can be that. I can't believe I said banging. It's just the word that came out. (laughs) But... um. But you know, it doesn't have to be that. It can be something as small or as individual or as as simple as honoring your yourself through touching your face or banging. You know, <laughs> you're cracking me up right now. Oh my gosh! But you know what I mean? It's like you just you just embodied and and shared. Like I feel like the most individualized example of how it's not so structured black and white choose a group pick it choose a partner do it it's really me in this moment in my own sexual energy and i just want to reflect back to you casey i think two kind of topics that you just touched on are really important to linger on and for people to think about and one of them is 
our relationship to food and nurturing ourselves or feeding ourselves and our relationship to our sexual energy and nourishing ourselves and feeding ourselves in that realm. And like that connection is huge. And in general, like when you were talking about growing up on a farm and you know what it looks like to grow your food and to have that like nature, nurture connection there. I think in general, our society right now, what we need to be the most careful about is this kind of like convenience culture and how that convenience is not necessarily good for our bodies in any way. You know, anything that's too fast or too little or too unnatural is really distracting us and pulling us away from our nourishment in in so many other ways. And I think that that's a really interesting, like the more that you can commit to giving your intention and love and awareness to the food that you're consuming and how that was grown. I think that there's this holistic feeling, this wholeness that comes and spills into sort of your sexual life. Because I do believe that there's like this correlation. Like one time I heard this guy and this girl, um, like arguing over mac and cheese. And the guy was like, oh, I like the microwave, like fast, like just get it in, just get it out. And the girl was like, no, I want five types of cheeses and I want it to be cooked forever and like all day long, like the slow. And I was like, are you guys talking about sex right now? And they're like, no, we're talking about mac and cheese. And I was like, well, are you? Or is there kind of like this correlation of the way that we are connecting those two realms. So I think that that's something that's really interesting that people can kind of play with. And the other really important thing I think you said is discovering, you know, all the things that we think we need in a partnership, being able to understand those things and give them to ourselves is so huge, especially for projectors, because we need to really recognize ourselves for anyone else to recognize us. But I think for everyone, you know, for anyone with a six in their profile that can have this sort of like obsession or desire to find their soulmate, it's like, why do you want that soulmate? What is that person going to give you? And how can you give that to yourself? And in doing so, that empowerment shift happens and that magnetism happens where you end up seeing that what you're giving to yourself mirrored in your external world coming from other people. But giving yourself that love, giving yourself that attention is so huge. And it's interesting for me, I never thought that I would be someone who got married really young. I was like shook like by the fact that my life took that turn, um, but it did. And when I met Jared, it was just like, let me and you, let's do this. Boom. Like we just surprised ourselves and how we wanted that. And now we've been together for over a decade. And I think a lot of people are like, you're so lucky to have a partner that's always there for you, always giving you what you need. And I'm like, he's not always there. And he's not always giving me what he needs because my partner is someone who needs to have his own space. He needs to be out in the world exploring and adventuring and he needs time away from me. And for me to really love him, I have to give him that space and that agency and that freedom to live his own life. And that's been a huge learning lesson for me in that even though I'm in this partnership, it is still up to me to give myself the touch that I want and the compliments that I want and the love that I want. And um, when I do that, it makes our relationship so much easier as you know, opposed to the opposite when I'm projecting onto him, like, why don't you want me more? And why don't you love me more? And really like I can get in this ego place where I'm blaming him for not doing these things. But what's underneath that is always me. It's always a disconnection of really loving myself. It's always a disconnection of not nourishing myself with what I need. So for me, even my partnership has actually taught me that same exact lesson of like, what if I give 
give this to myself and then show up in my relationship from that place? How does that shift and change? Yeah. And I want to add, you know, not relying, not you, but just in general, not relying on your partner or one person to provide all of your needs in general, but even your sexual needs like that that there's you know that big topic of monogamy and is monogamy healthy and all of that stuff and i think that it's unhealthy when you are only relying on one person to provide your intimacy your deep conversations your creativity your uh meals and your sex and everything and it can feel really like it gets to this stagnant place or you feel that that not self creep in of of blaming them or not being able to see that it's really your needs underneath and meeting those needs yourself also looks like having other friends that you can confide in and have intimate conversations with or go, taking yourself out to a delicious meal and connecting to that just intimate sexual energy with that taco um really you know <laughs> That's just what came out. Um, (laughs) Finding, you know, places where you have that intimate sexual creative energy. I mean, I feel that I feel like I'm making love to Day Luna like five days a week in creating and being of service and pouring in that just like magical sexual energy of creation. And so I think that there's like there's something here. I mean, I I love that for whatever reason we had the intention of talking about sexuality on this episode, but it's also been talking about food and how that they are connected mm-hmm. and then the duality of like being single and being in a long-term partnership and how you're still providing for yourself and how it doesn't sexual energy doesn't have to be having sex. It can be so many other acts. It's that frequency, that energy. So I really just observed in my own relationship how um, I don't come to Brian for everything that I need. I don't feel the need to have to um, have him be my end-all, be-all. And the person that I talk to about every single thing, even though I I will share I'm open book, but I have so many other places of intimacy in my life um, and even the intimacy with myself that is that is um, fulfilling and magical and important while still giving and, and focusing and uh, supporting his needs and, and his energy as well. Because that's the difficult thing about partnership is that you both have different bodies wanting different things and finding intimacy in different ways throughout your day and throughout your life. So it's kind of like this dance, if you will. It's really fascinating. So I wanted to ask you, Casey, with your experience of sexuality, and I feel like you have a lot of wisdom around the changes that are are that we're seeing and how we can support each other in our own unique sexuality it, as we're moving into this new paradigm. If there's anything that you've experienced with all your different clients and these shifts in our languaging even, I feel like as we go into this new paradigm, we're really learning, like we're redefining 
a lot of things. Like this is okay to say, this is supportive. This is not like, this is helpful. This is who I am now. Like we're shifting and changing and just letting ourselves kind of chameleon in that space and learn from each other and grow. But if there was anything that comes up for you in this realm of, in your experience with working people with their bodies. Mm, Yeah. There's definitely some themes that I'm seeing over and over again, all over the place with clients and with friends. And I'm not sure if this is specific to women identifying folks. It is women that I'm seeing this pattern with. And it's a pattern of waking up sexually, no matter what type of partnership or lack of partnership they are in. Um, Specifically though, there is a theme that I'm witnessing with people who have been in long-term partnerships um, and who found their partner young, maybe like you both actually, but Dane, I'm thinking about you having been with Jared for a decade, where there's this waking up to a desire to explore sexually that I'm seeing in women. And I'm I'm refraining from saying unfortunately or fortunately. I don't want to judge it at all. I'm noticing a challenge or a tension in the relationship, like a lack of space holding for those women to really explore and express what is awakening within them. In other words, um, men are feeling threatened. And the women that I'm supporting love their men deeply. I'm trusting this message that's coming through. Like I'm, I feel like I'm such a channel right now for other people's stuff. Like I have dreams for my friends and my clients that have to do with sexuality. They're not about me, but there's a message that comes through me for them. So I'm trusting what's coming through right now. And I'm actually not going to filter it one bit. Women are waking up and their men don't know what to do with it. And it's either going to fray their relationship eventually or the women are going to put themselves back in a box and not explore the sexuality that is awakening within them. And a part of their soul feels like it will crumble. And what the hell do I know? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just seeing it over and over again that women are wanting more. And when I speak with my friends who have been married for over a decade and have children and are experiencing this energy, this like, oh, I want I want to know what it feels like to make out with another woman. I want to know what it feels like to feel okay about grinding up against another man in the bar. I want to know what it feels like to be in deep conversations with people who have transitioned or are non-binary. It's like there's this fluidity that I'm seeing bubbling up that women can't contain anymore. And even when they try, it bubbles up harder and faster. And I think that there's a call in it for men to awaken to. I love men and I want us to be together in the world. I want us to grow together. I want us to honor each other. I want us to be in integrity with each other. I want us to be able to be truthful. I want to be with a man eventually, maybe, or a woman or someone who identifies differently. I actually am not attached, but I want to be with someone where I can hold space for their deepest truths. 
and support whatever it is that their authority is guiding them to as it relates to their sexuality. And of course, I want that for myself as well. I just want this level of truth around sexuality that we have a capacity to hold. Basically, what I'm saying is I'm seeing conditioning come up in a really intense way where partners are being threatened by their spouse's awakening. And it's challenging the relational dynamic. It's forcing the relational dynamic to change. And what I'm witnessing right now is there's no like, <laughs> we're in the middle of it. There's no resolution there yet. It's it's being worked out and I trust the bigger picture. I trust that, I trust the awakening that comes through relationships. I, I trust the awakening that comes through divorce, through breakups, through expanding maybe from a monogamous relationship to a polyamorous relationship or a, you know, one Fred said monogamish. Like I want my partner. <laughs> I want to be with my partner. And I want to be with our family. And sometimes I want to make out with other people, you know? And so even the labels that are out there, which I don't even know them all, like, I don't care. They they aren't quite capturing the desires of our souls as it relates to sexuality. Yeah. I had a dream the other night after spending time with um, some dear friends. And it was like, it was kind of intense. Um, it was a dream of a friend like naked on a metal chair being photographed. And the message in the dream specifically was like all of the parts being photographed. And maybe this is my 46 <laughs> love of the body. Like, like it's time to not hide <laughs> our vulvas are like, why are we so scared of being seen? Why are we so conditioned against embracing the divinity that is the, the body that, you know, the vessel and of course, I honor discernment and boundaries and all of that. Like, but I just feel like we need to find our own way and our bodies are deserving of what they're asking for. That's it. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that individual, just what you echoed of like polyamorous or monogamish or you know, whatever, it's so individualized. And that's what we're moving towards is not saying like, this is right and that's wrong. We're moving towards like, what's right for you as an individual? Tune in, listen to your body. What is it telling you? Communicate that, share that, guide that. Because the more that we do that and share our own experiences, the more we empower other people to do the same for themselves. And it's... That is like the process of of deconditioning and working through this uh, place that we're in because that is that is conditioning that that comparison that judgment where where a relationship dynamic changes and one partner feels like they can't keep up with the changes of the other it's this conditioning of well you have to keep up with me or it won't work or the conditioning of you're changing too much or you're, you're not like me it won't work and that's that's that trying to compare and judge and control the other person. So we're the more that we talk and share and share our individual truth that's coming forward, the more other people can do that that and release those judgments and comparisons and trying to control um, for fear of chaos or the unknown. Um, but with this topic that you touched on of 
that dream and being seen like all the parts. I almost feel like the question for anyone listening and for myself even, and it's so funny, this is a topic that I was talking about this weekend too, is like, what are the parts of you just thinking about this question? Like, what are the parts of your physical body that you're kind of scared to look at? Like, you don't know if you'd pull up a mirror and like really check out your vulva or your butthole or your like, what are the places that you're genuinely like, I don't know what that looks like. And I'm kind of scared to know. That's actually in a deeper way, a good place to kind of maybe even unearth and look at like maybe some places that you're afraid to look at in your emotional life or in your spiritual life or in your with your childhood trauma and conditioning. And this is such a gate 43 thing I'm going to say. And I've been... <laughs> We're ready for it. We're ready. The, the freak side. <laughs> um, and the more that I talk it out, it, it slowly becomes genius. But for the pretty much the most of my life, it's like, you're a freak. I don't know what you're saying. Um, but that this theory that i think a lot of men with our their conditioning of like be strong be straight be you know the male leader whatever are scared to be vulnerable or have a lot of resistance towards vulnerability because they don't know they have butts <laughs> And that's because if you look at the majority of like our conditioned society of men, you'll see that, you know, there's so many men that are like, they wear their pants where they don't even show their butts. Like literally they're so low that their butts don't exist. And out of this, like, well, if I pulled my pants up and like showed the curves of my butt, maybe people will think I'm gay or maybe some gay guy will try to hit on me. Or like, if I look at my butt or talk about my butt or put a finger in my butt, like I'm, what if I'm gay? And that fear of like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not like, I don't have a butt. And it's ultimately underneath that, this fear of vulnerability of like being uh, like too scared to be vulnerable that somebody might it might attract unwanted attention. Um, so that comes out in, you know, you see it in family dynamics where the women are talking about some, like a topic changes and they talk about something that's really raw or real or vulnerable or scary or grief or something. And the men get up and they go into the living room and turn on a show or the t or sports or something, or they just start talking about their favorite beer. And it's this trauma response of, from their conditioning, their nervous system of flight or freeze or even fight for some men. And I think that it comes from this fear of vulnerability ultimately stemmed like on the physical manifestation of that is like literally, I think maybe 80%, I want to say of the population of men don't know if they have cellulite or hair on their butt. Like literally, like, do you have stretch marks down there? Have you ever looked in a mirror at your own butthole? Like, I don't think most men have because of that deep conditioning of that's just too vulnerable. Um, and then, of course, you see this duality of like, you know, and I don't know, this is just a theory, but like gay men who are able to like have those real vulnerable conversations that are super comfortable talking about some real shit with women. And I think it's because they're not afraid to show their butts or talk about butts or look at butts or have a butt. 
Um, so that was such a weird rant and I'm not trying to put anyone in a box. I know everybody is so different and these are real generalized statements between gay men and straight men and all men and all men's butts. But I do think that it's a good (laughs) example of how your physical thing that you might be scared to look at and hide might be a place to look at where am I scared to be vulnerable and really look at within myself and where do I have like a block around uh, really letting people see me and be seen like that dream of like being on a metal chair like all splayed out for cameras and pictures my when you said that my body immediately felt like oh my gosh like were they getting like taken advantage of were they being like exploited like I felt fear in my body tense up of and so immediately I thought in my head like oh what vulnerability is this striking a chord with within me and how how can I explore that and like loosen that grip? Like what if being seen in that way isn't scary? What if being mm. seen in that way is empowering and freeing? And what if being seen in that way is connects me more to my creativity and abundance? It doesn't mean I have to go have like some naked photo shoot, but connecting with that frequency, that energy of even just hearing your story and picturing it myself helps heal a little part of myself. Mm. Yeah. And how interesting that that was your reaction to it. Like that, it, that shows you a lot, right? Because in the dream, it was like a power pose. It was like, I am a fucking goddess. No, I'm not going to lay on that plush, well-made bed. I'm going to sit on this metal chair and show you my body because I love my body so much. That was the energy of the dream. It was like feminine power, awakening, embodiment on like such a profound level. Yeah. It was like self-acceptance, you know? And I just think it's super interesting how imagery, and I mean, dream states too. Like it's so much about the feeling in the scene that shows a lot about the, the subconscious or unconscious. mind. Yeah. And I think anyone listening, like, how were you triggered? Like, what was your body's response to hearing that is really Mm. fascinating. And question. I I just wanted to add in like that question about what part of your body would you not want to look at? Are you afraid of the way it looks? Are you afraid to see yourself in that way? And also men being afraid that they have butts. Um, So I got really into this Tao sexology book a while back. And it talked about how the most common cancer in men is prostate cancer. The most common cancer in women is breast cancer. And what is the deeper root cause reason for that? And, you know, for both, uh, you know, bodies that have that, those physical parts, for in the breast tissue, we hold so much. We store so much, right? It is this sacred part of our bodies that we've been really conditioned to only think of as far as how it looks and how attractive it is. And I feel like we've been extremely disconnected from the deeper wisdom that our breast tissue holds, um, the heart magnetism that is filtered through that breast tissue or the grief or shame that is filtered through that breast tissue, um, the chemicals that we're putting in our body, on our skin that is all stored in that, the pleasure that can come from that, right? So there's so much there that we are completely disconnected 
disconnected from. And for so many women, like I know in my high school experience or even younger than that, the number one thing that every girl I knew was the most insecure about were their breasts and how big they were or not, or like what bra they were wearing. And then if they like hooked up with someone to be seen naked without that, like it was the number one area of like judgment, self-criticism, shame in, in my experience when I was that age. And just, you know, not really wanting to be seen there. And then even in aging and the way that your body changes when you have kids, like I feel like for women, that can often be like the number one place that is, you know, so disconnected and so wrapped up in conditioning or shame. And really, this is a sacred place in our bodies that we're meant to be massaging and moving that energy through and connected to. And there's such a huge unlocking there, I think, for women and having more pleasure and receiving more and, you know, opening your hearts more and being more vulnerable in that space. So I wanted to say that. And then also for men with this prostate, you know, prostate cancer and this area of your body that is just being completely ignored. Like we think about brushing our teeth and like our mouth hygiene. We all think of that as one of the most important things in our lives, but you have this other end of your being, right? Just in a very physical way that if there's no energetic hygiene, no hygiene at all, no thought, no intention, and we're storing all of this fear and like, you know, root chakra misalignment energy of like safety and security and toxic masculinity that gets wrapped up in that. These are areas that we need to start paying attention to because they are crucial, pivotal parts of our well-being. They're almost like the center, if you will, of our deeper well-being and our deeper connection to ourselves through our body and through our body's wisdom. So um, I invite anyone that that stroke accord with to investigate deeper in that because that's been one of my biggest practices with Jared is just honoring those parts of our bodies and and knowing which practices we can do to help ourselves get more in touch with that area of our body. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have to go like really explore and go wild in those areas. It's just even having an intention and awareness Mm -hmm. of it and reverence. And like uh, when I think of you know, generational trauma and and passing down ancestral trauma that's stored in our bodies. Um, and then I think of my my future children and our future generations, like healing that physically in your body um, to not pass that down, I think is something that is a fascinating topic to explore, but it's it all starts with intention, like intention, awareness, connecting with those energies. Um, Mm -hmm. It can be so healing in and of itself. Yeah. I'm having a moment thinking about my own big picture path. You know, growing up in a Catholic family, definitely experiencing a ton of body shame, having an eating disorder, having generational trauma, uh, sexual trauma, experiencing sexual trauma myself, being mugged on the street midday, Easter Sunday. Like I have some trauma around men in particular that has evolved like in my adult years. And also that specific trauma was the focus of my healing basically for the last three years. Like Shana, you were talking earlier about being in a outward doing phase and and coming back into a inward seeing yourself, looking at maybe even your own sexuality. I feel like my timing has been kind of opposite. I 
recoiled a little bit from my professional outward facing world. And behind the scenes, I was healing sexual trauma for years, for the last few years, and realizing how intergenerational it was. And knowing through both my spiritual practices and the the parts of my intuition and abilities that have been awakening in me, how much I was storing in my physical system, not just my own stuff, but also my ancestor's stuff, my mother's stuff. And, And to be so loving of my body. And then also to experience in that process of healing an edginess and an unsafety in my body and a like, whoa, why do I feel so uh, scared walking past this group of men right now? Like all of that came up in the last few years and it was kind of like, why is this showing up now? Why do I feel so scared? Why am I uh, armored? Why do I use my intellect as a sword around men sometimes? What is this shield on my heart? Oh, wow. This is what vulnerability really feels like. Like those lessons I feel I've really learned in the last few years. And, and it's kind of like there was a layer of healing that came from sort of Catholic upbringing, eating disorder that got me into my body sexually, where I like started to masturbate for the first time or touch myself. And then after these traumas in my own life occurred, it was like a whole other level of healing that was required to embrace myself and my body, especially in sexual ways. And when you were talking about what are the parts of your body that you don't look at? And, and also when I just heard you say, um, you know, speaking to the listener, like it doesn't have to be taking a picture of yourself naked. Like I, I hear that part. That's like, that could be really intense for someone. And, um, recently I've been in a practice of like masturbation in front of a mirror, watching what my body does, watching what my vulva does as it gets turned on, how it changes, how the color changes, how it, you know, uh, this could be triggering for someone to hear, but, and also, the extent to that, being able to have that type of relationship with my body, to look at the spaces that I never saw before, you know, that has been directly connected to trauma healing. And and I speak from experience when, you know, if there's been some sort of sexual assault, that trauma is rooted deep in your body for a long time. And it breaks my heart that most people don't have the tools and resources to look at it, to even acknowledge that like, oh, that was, oh yeah. Like they would never even say that that was rape, you know? And I just, it's intense and it's coming through. Like you're worthy of looking at that. You're worthy of healing the abuse that wasn't your fault. You're worthy of getting to a point of, forgiveness. It's possible. It's possible to forgive. It's possible for that armor to be dropped in the heart. My life now is like open, you know, like, yes, I'm discerning. I have boundaries and I feel completely different. I feel a deeper connection with my body, a deeper love of my body, a deeper love of the parts that I never looked at. And also a capacity to be vulnerable with other humans of all genders in a way that I couldn't before. 
And in a society that perpetuates the drive to constantly be in outward motion, always producing, always creating. If you're a business owner to like, oh, I have to show up in my business. I have to show up on social media. It's like, you know what? I took almost three years off of anything that was forward facing and I'm alive and it's okay. You know, and not only that, the gift of healing and body love and intimacy and vulnerability and connection, like that's worth that's worth it's priceless, you know? Absolutely. And it's so powerful to hear you talk and channel. And I can't help but think about your just beautiful undefined throat and the way that you are able to take in the world around you and become a voice for and advocate and just straight up channel things that need to be heard. And I want to say thank you for just sharing so openly and with such vulnerability and grace because and truth, because I honestly believe that the number one thing we need to shift and change our perspective on our sexualities and our bodies and shame and self-love, I, I think the number one thing we need to hear is education. And by that education, I just mean like real felt experiences, real truth that is coming from a real person. And the more we talk about these things shamelessly with reverence, with self-love, with openness, like that's one of the most powerful things we can do. And for sure, what you just said about, um, you know, isn't healing our own body and becoming in touch with this part of ourselves more valuable than money or, you know, our ego or whatever. It's like, of course, like these, this is such an important realm that is the foundation for our relationship with ourselves in so many ways. And it's so worth it to go on these journeys and to have these conversations. And it's not something that we've been taught to take time for or to speak about. Um, in fact, for so many of us, we've been strongly taught the opposite of that, to not take time for these things, to hide them in the shadow. And of course, anything that we suppress in our lives will always come out in a twisted form, in a form that is unhealthy. Like it is all about open expression. And um, I often think like our relationship with food, our relationship with alcohol and other drugs, like if we had a healthier conversation around these things from a young age and we got to really hear how people were really doing, our world would change. Like I, as a child, did not know that people struggled with depression or anxiety or alcoholism. Like as a small child, I just looked at every adult and thought that everyone was just totally fine and was just walking through life. Like I literally didn't know that people had struggles because no one around me was being honest about their experiences. You know, it was like keeping it in and, you know, not telling our children because we want to protect them. But like, I want to protect my children by them knowing the truth, by them knowing people's experiences, by them having communication and, and communication skills that are respectful and reverent and this, this true opportunity to learn how to listen through seeing the adults modeling truth and respect for themselves and for others. So I, uh, we're definitely for this episode gonna put a disclaimer on that, like only listen to this shit if you're ready to go here. And 
I'm so grateful for this conversation and for this truth. And Casey, your wisdom never ceases to amaze me. It's it's always blowing my mind. And I did want to ask you kind of before we're wrapping up here, I think that this sexual energy also has a huge correlation to our creativity and to what we're wanting to create in our life purpose and work life. And I wanted to ask you, like, what are some of your favorite ways that you've seen this self-love and really exploration of your own sexual and sensual energy? How have you seen that feeding into your life purpose kind of zone and for your clients as well? It's literally pure life force energy. Yeah. So having opportunities to cultivate and express and stir up sexual energy creates for me potent energy for whatever I'm doing. So like when I have an experience in relationship with my sexual energy, um, more specifically, be it an experience with a really like supportive lover who really cares about my sexuality or be it uh, dancing with girlfriends or be it a self-pleasuring practice or a like, "Mm, give me that dessert, like relationship with food. Almost always the next day or shortly after I feel in an expanded state. I feel more inspired. I feel more conscious. I see things clearly. It's like my projector gifts get turned on brighter. I literally have more energy to do my work, you know, to show up for clients, to create uh, whatever, to, to create a podcast or whatever is being created in the moment. For me, they're directly connected. And the deeper I go into exploring my sexuality, the more I experience that over and over and over again. And something else is coming through right now. A, uh, bad experience with sexuality, a traumatizing experience, an abusive experience around sexuality has the opposite effect. You know? Absolutely. And I don't even, I kind of want to rephrase that. Like the term abuse, like sometimes it is abusive and we downplay that. So it's an important word to use. Uh, But, and also even just like subtly not feeling seen or heard in an experience with a partner. Or being like, oh, you know, get it over with. Like where your own truth and integrity is not honored or at the center of that experience, that will not create the expansive benefits that I'm talking about. I'm talking about experiences of sexual sexual energy that are chosen, that are in integrity, that are... Uh, like respectful experiences. So yeah, I think there's like a lot of nuance around that. I think it's really important for us to heal our sexual stuff, to get our lives back, to get our energy back. Mm, Yes. It's like bringing up so many things for me just hearing you talk. And I'm like, I could get into them forever. And I'm just because that's where I'm at right now is, is unearthing and, um, seeing and healing these sexual traumas that I've had, but also just seeing what there is to explore and learn in that space. So I'm really grateful for everything that you've shared and and even bringing this topic up because I think that it's 
something that we've all experienced on a certain level. And it's so important. But it's so interesting. I'm like, as you're talking, I I feel my nervous system wanting to dissociate because it's like too scary or it's too too vulnerable. I'm like being the man wanting to like go watch some sports. Um and like like okay, like let's like what the hell going on and what's after this and what are my and I know that's my nervous system literally saying, "Oh, you crossed into a place that might feel really scary and and unsafe and um and I I want to thank you for that because that is that's where I'm at right now. Like finding that threshold, finding that place and saying, oh, that's where I'm going to keep bringing myself back, keep leaning in a little bit more, keep holding space for myself there and keep allowing myself to see and be and just like sit in that, that space without having to necessarily do anything other than bring myself back to me when I'm feeling, um, I don't know, overwhelmed or or uh, triggered or or whatever that might be. And it's so interesting because you didn't say anything that was so triggering. And I feel like that's a lot of listeners because I know that like, I want to say 95% of the world has had sexual trauma in some way. And it's something that is so individualized. And it's that flip side of this coin when we talk about individual sexuality in this outward way, in this way that's amazing and beautiful and creative and juicy and want to take a bite out of it. And it's incredible. And it's all individualized and it's not right or wrong or this or that or fit into any type of box. That's also the same truth for healing our sexual traumas. And it's going to be so individualized for each and every person. And it's not right or wrong or fit into any type of box. And it's still coming to it with that same reverence, that same like, okay, what is my body telling me? What is it showing me? The wisdom that my body is holding. Um, can I meet it? Can I honor it? Can I just allow it? So this conversation has really just blown my mind in a lot of different ways. Just so many of the things that you channel and say, it's divinely timed. And also just straight from pure love source energy. And I know I really needed to hear it. I'm sure that other people listening do as well. And just sitting in that, like that question, I feel like there's a lot of questions that we're leaving people with of like, where are the places that you're scared to look at with your body? What's that like two sides of those coins? What's sexual energy for you? That's maybe not in a sexual, like actually having sex way. And what is the sexual traumas that you feel like you're maybe scared to look at or are holding you back um, that you can heal and use in all of the things that you're doing? And I just want to say too that recently I've been thinking a lot about sexy, like that word and what does it mean to me and who is sexy and what is sexy. And I really discovered so much of my conditioning that I was raised with, like what I believe should be sexy or what I think should be sexy. And more and more, I'm seeing that when someone feels safe to be in their authenticity, 
That is so sexy. Like I will call that shit out on anyone I see when someone is just being themselves and they're being vulnerable and real and in their truth and in their power and so themselves and using their voice in the way that they're meant to be using their voice. That shit is so sexy. It moves me. And I felt that so many times in this conversation. I'm like, yes, Queens, thank you. And, um, I'm just really here for that. And I, I'm so appreciative for this conversation. And Casey, you know, as we're wrapping up here, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Is there anything else that's coming through or any other kind of like last things that you would want to leave anyone who's been listening to this conversation with? Yeah. I want to say that I'm single and that my intuition and like soulful from deep inside voice tells me that this is for a purpose, that my singleness is a really important part of my path. And I want to say that as a single person, I genuinely believe that I get to experience more love and more intimacy and more sexuality and more, and not because I have multiple partners, that's not necessarily it. And if it was no judgment there, but I just feel like there's a really important message for the listener who is single, our conditioning says that we should be partnered and we should be partnered quick. And if we're single, what haven't we healed inside of ourselves that makes it so where that thing hasn't shown up on the outside and like all of it, all of it. And it's like, what if singleness is part of your divine path? What if I can channel these messages and hold space for my friends and clients who aren't single or who are in a very specific, unique, and dialed way because of my singleness? What if I can fill spaces with unconditional love and have more of an impact being the vessel of love right now at this point in my life through my singleness? So, I just want to say that to the person who's single and it's with no judgment toward partnership or any, any sort of arrangement relationally. Um, It's become very evident to me that we're all on the same path. We're all walking each other home. My friends who have children, my friends who are single, my friends who are in polyamorous relationships, we're all navigating the same sort of internal self-discovery elements through our unique individual paths. Your singleness is not a problem. You're not broken. You're not fragmented. Even when we have trauma and even when that gives us a life back to heal that trauma, the divine truth is that you're pure fucking magic, your expansion, your whole, and you get to experience your version of sensuality, sexuality, and love exactly as you are right now. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes, yes, yes. That was beautiful. Thank you for saying that. I think that that's a really important message. And I love witnessing your journey and your power in that. It's so beautiful. And I think that's going to be so like, just, I, I feel like so many things you say, it's like, that's the perfect timing, like the perfect thing we needed to hear, the perfect thing. So I, I'm excited for people who are listening. And for anyone who's wanting to work with you more, Casey, where can they find you? Where they where can they continue to connect with their wisdom? Where can they find your offerings? Mm-hmm. You can go to letyourbodylead.com. Spring 2023, we are running the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training, which is an offering where I teach the Let Your Body Lead method, which is the integration of skills and tools around embodiment, coaching, ancient wisdom, and science woven together 
to help you, I call it fully embody your integrated self. Your integrated self is the version of you who's experienced expansion and contraction, the light and the dark, the the kind of most powerful whole version of you. Um, Live out your core purpose. So we use a bunch of different modalities basically to help you recognize and understand who you are so that you can be that. Um, But then also learning these skills so that you can help and support others on their embodiment and transformational journey. Um, And then I layer in the business and sales skills to help you make that happen in a practical way as an entrepreneur or in a corporate space. So I'm really excited to be putting this out into the world again after taking some time off and honestly integrating on a whole other level my own wisdom around embodiment and also my own wisdom around like being an empath and what we need to know as practitioners who are guiding others into their bodies, you know, being trauma-informed in a way and I have a, an interesting perspective on that. Like we need to take care of each other to not like too much. So activate nervous systems, but also to your point, Shana, like sometimes being a bit triggered shows you where the healing is, you know? So I'm really excited to be inviting a new crew of people into that facilitator training. That's the the thing that's on my mind and heart right now, but everything can be found at letyourbodylead.com and at worthy and well on Instagram. I love it. And for anyone listening, Casey's work is so amazing. And so it complements human design so well. Um, if, If you're on your human design journey and you're wanting that deeper layer of really understanding your own inner authority, of really understanding your own empathy, of really wanting to show up in your leadership, I think Casey's work is just so powerful and um, can really complement that human design growth that you're going on. So I'm excited for people to be able to check that out. We'll definitely link it in the show notes. And um, you know, with your podcast, The, the Purpose Map, um, we're going to be sharing one of those episodes here on our show too. And I just love getting to listen to your conversations and getting to just connect with your wisdom more. So I'm excited for all of our listeners to get to check that out as well. Thank you. I also have a book coming out in April. Oh, it's on yeah. embodied leadership and I haven't talked about it. Oh at yeah. All. It that feels like it, it's, it's like, you know, just another <laughs> thing. It's not, we don't really talk about sexuality in that book at all, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm excited for that to come out too. So where can wow. people find the book when it's out? Follow me and you will find out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It'll Love be it. published on all the all the online spaces. So in all the spaces that you're already shopping, you'll be able to find it there. Um, and we'll be sharing. I'm I'm co-authoring it with two others, two other brilliant leaders. I want to do their human design charts because I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's the projector manifesting generator generator combo in that group, but we haven't checked yet. Um, so we'll be sharing more about it in the new year. Amazing. That's so exciting and just so huge. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for guiding. Thank you for just being so present. And one of the things that I just absolutely am obsessed with and honored to be in your presence with is your ability to feel someone through your open centers. So everyone listening, Casey's a mental projector and to reflect back exactly what they're saying and embodying and what they're trying to say. And it's just so empowering and life-changing. Every time we have a conversation, I'm like, that just changed my life. So thank you so much. And everyone listening, we hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. You know, you can find us on daylunalife.com and at dayluna on Instagram. And we just hope everyone here has an amazing sexual 
engaging, sensual, embodied, honest, authentic, raw rest of your week. Mm. Thank you too so much for having me. I love you both. 